Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. everybody welcome to another episode of the nomad strength show i'm ross hill your host today we've got a ask me anything i put up a instagram prompt a couple of days ago in the instagram stories uh asking for questions for this ask me anything got several good ones that we're going to go over uh today and then several that were not great questions at all they were just hilarious things that friends of mine just throw in to be funny. And uh, none of those are going to get answered today. So we're going to do it and ask me anything. Got a few of them that we're going to cover. So we'll do these ask me anything's a little bit more frequently just because I get asked, ironically, to do them, asked to do ask me anythings. Uh, So we'll do them a little bit more frequently, but that's what uh, we're going over today. So before we get into all of that, uh, if you have not been to rideonoptics.com, the show is brought to you by Ride On Optics, uh, the only law enforcement and military vet owned optics company in the world. They have fantastic, fantastic optics, rifle scopes, red dots, binoculars. Um, you can go to their website and look at the different models that they have. You can also uh, do a search on any dealers that they have. There's a huge dealer network uh, that there might be some local. You can actually go in and, and put your hands on and look through and see which ones you like with whatever your setup is. They also have Ride on Revolution, which is their education platform on the website. There lives the Ride on Podcast, which is hosted by the founder, Brady Speth. There's the Ride on University. There's the blog. There's all kinds of great firearm, rifle scope, educational things there. If you want to go to Right on Optics, that's R-I-T-O-N optics.com. Check it out. Go listen to the podcast because it's awesome. Uh, if you guys are frequent listeners or you enjoy this one, I, you really are going to enjoy the, the Right on podcast. They do a great job and Brady does a great job with that one. Uh, so go check them out. 
And then if you haven't joined the tribe membership and you are interested in wanting to become part of the community that we're building over there, uh, go to tribe.nomad-strength.com and check it out. 15 bucks a month. We have all kinds of stuff happening in there that is exclusive to the community, things I don't post or do anywhere else. So go check it out, uh, tribe.nomad-strength.com. Okay, let's get into the Ask Me Anything. So I didn't really like rank these as far as which ones I thought were better or wanted to answer uh, first or whatever. So I'm just going to go with the order in which I got them. So I'm not going to say who sent these in because that's not really important. Uh, But the first one was, it says, you mentioned recently that you haven't coached anyone in a gym in a while. Why? Uh, this is in reference to a post I made the other day on Instagram. I had one of my, uh, one of the few local people that I still work with uh, in person out at the house. And uh, we were training by the fire out in the backyard, which is how I train. And uh, so he was he was doing some exercises and we were getting a good training session in by the fire. And so I mentioned in that post that uh, I don't train people in a gym anymore. So if you haven't uh, heard this story before, it's just a, a brief one. I'll make it a brief uh, recap of of this story. Uh, I was in a gym for for many years, and uh, two years ago, actually, this week, I made. How about that? Two years ago this week, I uh, I made the decision to go full time online with my coaching. Uh, I've I operated as an independent trainer and coach uh, out of a few boutique studios in the area. You know, just doing the the barbershop thing, essentially pay rent, and I can come in and train my clients however often I want. Uh, have full run of the facility, that kind of thing, and uh, just decided I wanted to pursue the online business more. There were things I wanted to do with that that I couldn't do in person. And uh, part of that was also the fact that my son at the time was only three or four months old. And I wanted to be around a little bit more with him and have some more freedom of schedule than uh, being in the classic gym schedule, which is early mornings and late evenings. So basically, we would never have any family time together. So that was a big factor in the decision as well. So I decided to do things online. And I've been doing it ever since. However, I still do have a few local people that I've trained for a long time uh, that weren't upset about the fact that I was leaving the gym. They had no problem with me either coming out to their place. And a couple of them have, you know, nicer setups in their garage than a lot of gyms that I worked at before. And, uh, you know, or they come out to the house like I posted the other day and we train how I do with the kettlebells by the fire and the maces and all that kind of stuff. So I like to do that stuff in person still just because that's a different eye of coaching that I need to make sure I'm keeping sharp. But it is not the main way that I that I work with people anymore. I, the The men that I coach are all online all over the country, uh, have had a couple of international uh, clients, actually, which means that I technically have worked with people all over the world, which is kind of a, a trippy thing to say. Uh, but that's how that's how everything is set up right now. And so the group program, the savages that I coach in the group program, uh, the men's program, is, they're, they're amazing. I'm, I do programming, we do coaching calls. Uh, we built a community there that's really, you know, starting to take a life of its own 
also. And uh, I'm, I've got a couple of things. I'm building the, uh, some courses. I'm doing some more things that are going to be more of a mentorship type program that are going to be online. But uh, all of that stuff is where my my focus has been for, for two years now. And then with this podcast, there's even more online things to do. So uh, like I said, I like to keep a handful of people that I work with in in person, just because that's a part of coaching that I still love. I still love, you know, watching people train in person and helping them with certain things. And a lot of it at this point is just I've built really good relationships. And they're people that, you know, they just want me to train them. And so we, we make it work with either their place or my place or uh, whatever it is. So that is that's the deal with that. Um, if you have any questions about wanting to actually work with me online, or maybe you're someone local that uh, wants to work with me, then you know reach out and we'll talk, and I'll go over all that stuff with you. So thank you for that question. Uh, let's see. This is a good one. Question is: I was going to ask something stupid, which uh, that he usually does when I do these things. Uh, he said I was going to ask something stupid, but here's one: How important is money in life? in the grand scheme. Uh, I read this, I read this in a different way than it was actually written the first time. And I think it gave me a different answer when I went back and read it the second time. So I think I actually have two answers because the way that I read it the first time was how important is money to life? And then how important is money in life? And I think those are two different answers. uh, Because how important is money to life? I don't believe very important. How important is money in life? Obviously, it is currency, right? So it has very big importance, but it's only as important as the as the value that we place on it. And it has much more to do, in my opinion, with what you do with it rather than... Uh, rather than the, the thing itself. Like, it, it's a tool... And it's if you can detach from the fact that, you know, it's the verse of it's not money is the root of all evil. It's the love of money is the root of all evil. And I I believe that. And that's why, uh, you know, it's not something that, yes, it makes many aspects of life easier, uh, but it just reveals if it reveals I'm trying to think of the word I want to use. I can, I can describe it better situationally than maybe put a title on it as I was trying to do. So uh, it was explained to me very well by one of my old business coaches, Mike Bledsoe, who we've actually had on the show, uh, talking about, you know, as coaches and, and people in business begin to make more money, the things that their habits don't change because they have more money. All it does is exaggerate the problems that they already had. And so if you're bad at budgeting money when you don't make very much at all, you're not going to be better at budgeting money when you make a ton. You're going to be even worse at it. And so there are things that money just reveals uh, things, good and bad, about yourself. It's kind of like the, and this is a really bad example, but when I just said that, I thought about it in my head. It's like what the what the Russian doctor told Steve Rogers about the serum that he took that made him Captain America. He said, the serum brings out what's inside. So if you're good inside, it makes you great. And I don't necessarily believe that's the case with money, but that's kind of the parallel I was drawing where uh, if, you know, if, if you have problems with uh, frivolous spending or uh, using it on things, maybe you uh, maybe morally have objections to, that's, it's not going to go away just because you have more of it all of a sudden. 
I, you know, I'm of the belief that it actually will make those things worse. And it, it doesn't hide any of those things that actually reveals a lot of them. But, you know, it's, it's important in the sense that right now it's impossible to function in many ways without it. So it's to pretend that I can live without money. I can live with all that, all that stuff sounds nice, but it's not the truth or it's not accurate. And so, but to put all of your weight and all of your stock and all I'm doing is just trying to get more money. That's just going to, that's going to cause a lot of problems down the road. So that that's about as much as I wanted to go into that because I think I'd probably just end up repeating myself if I, if I said any more on the matter. But that was a good one that got me thinking because I, like I said, I actually read it differently and it made me think that there was two possible answers to that. So uh, thank you for that question. Um, let's see. Oh, so this was, this one makes more sense if you saw the picture that I posted when I put the prompt box for the Ask Me Anything on Instagram because there was a picture that I took when we were up on the mountain hunting this last weekend. It was an awesome sunset picture. We were way up high on the peaks, so you get like snow and it was a beautiful picture. And so the question said, what have you learned on that mountain? And I'll tell you a funny story about what happened this weekend because there are lessons derived from this last trip uh, and I'm not really sure what (laughs) <laughs> There's a lot of lessons that were learned on this last trip. I'm not entirely sure if I can distill them down to one or like one or two things. So I'll tell you the story. Uh, we got up, drove up to to where we were going to start hiking. We started hiking a little later in the morning than we thought, but our plan was, you know, get up to a spot in the in the mid morning, uh, find a good spot to glass for the day, and then you know maybe see and then hopefully get on something in the evening hunt when they when when the deer start moving around. We were hunting for mule deer, so we get up to our spot. Found a couple of glassing spots and ended up going up quite a bit higher or hiking about another hour after our initial after our initial uh, glassing spot to where we ended up spending the afternoon. And uh, we were looking on the on across the canyon at at the side uh, at the ridge line across from us, which is about a thousand, maybe twelve hundred yards away. Spotted up all kinds of does. I think maybe maybe fifteen or sixteen does over the course of the afternoon. We we're just sitting there watching, and uh, didn't see any bucks, anything like that. And so as it's getting a little darker, we're our we were you know we're heading back to the truck. We're not staying up on the mountain, and so we're devising a plan like what's going to be our plan of attack heading back down. And so what we what we were going to do was just walk back down. And instead of stopping and looking across the canyon again, we're basically just going to look below us on the same hillside, maybe something that had walked from uh, another area had come up to to hang out in the shade because we were on the shaded side. And so we're just looking below us as we're walking out. Maybe we bump something and as we're walking out, wasn't necessarily a great plan, but that was just what we were going to go with. And, uh, and so as we're walking out, we make it maybe a hundred yards from where we'd been sitting all afternoon and look below on the hillside right below us. And 30 yards from us was this little, uh, two point, you know, little spike buck. And uh, who knows how long he'd been there. I mean, this, where he was sitting was literally 110 yards away from us, but we're looking across the canyon and he's literally sitting next to us. And, uh, 
could have been sitting there all day, could have just got there, who knows, but he was laying down, we're above him, and uh, we're upwind of him still, so, you know, he didn't smell us, but he saw us, and so he's just kind of looking at us, being a little leery, but he's still laying down, and so the two of us, uh, my buddy said, you know, it's yours if you want it, so as we're trying to slowly, not in a rush, and make a bunch of noise, you know, take off our packs, load around into the chamber, and we're like trying to get set up, moving real slow, but trying to move quick, because you don't know how long he's going to be there, in that process, he gets up and mule deer do this thing where they'll get up or or if they see you and they're spooked, they'll take off and go about 20 or 30 yards and then they stop and they turn. And and that's really like your chance if they know you're there. Like you've got one chance, they'll, they'll take off and then they'll stop and they'll look back. And so uh, we get, uh, you know, it, it was just so many rookie mistakes on top of each other, right? Because I'm not, this is not something I have been in my whole life. I've, I've talked to several of the guys on the podcast, like I'm fairly new to the hunting world in just the last several years, right? And so this was, uh, this would have been my first mule, mule deer buck. So there's a little bit of the buck fever setting in, right? Like you're trying to be calm, you're trying to do all these things, uh, get everything set up, but you're trying to do it quickly because he's close, right? You don't have the luxury of like walking in and him not knowing you're there. And so we were just rushed, first of all. So it was, I was nervous because I knew I was rushed. And then uh, I go to look through my scope, my right on one primal, and uh, my magnification was cranked all the way up. And so when I go to look through it, like I literally couldn't see anything because it was, he was so close, it was just blurred. And so that was right at the moment that he'd stopped to turn. So had my magnification been cranked down to the lowest setting, I would have been set up perfectly for it. But it was cranked all the way up. So I was zoomed way in. I literally couldn't even see him. And then by the time that I had even just looked up to move my, to move it over and crank it back down, he had disappeared over the hillside. We chased him for about a hundred yards and he'd stopped and turned around. He was about 400 from us, but he was kind of behind a tree. And then he came out the other side and, and in a couple of seconds, he was, you know, a thousand yards from us. So we, the plan actually worked exactly how we thought it would, but we executed it so poorly and we, and, and I wasn't ready and we were, and I was rushed and it was just, yeah, rookie mistake on top of rookie mistake. So there are those things in that specific instance that I learned from. And then, uh, the, the other one, you know, it wasn't that we, cause this is another thing. So we kind of got lost on the way down. And it wasn't that we got lost because we actually knew exactly where we were, but we had purposefully taken a different route down than what we did up because we were still following that plan of let's try and work this area a little bit more and see if we can maybe bump something out. And so we were following this ridge line and where it had forked, we came up one side and then we go down the other where it had forked, we went down the other ridge line on the way down. And so, uh, but what we didn't, realized at the time until we were in the middle of it was that that side still had about a foot and a half of snow and the entire side of that mountain was fallen timber. And so it made what would have been uh, maybe an, a 90 minute ish, 90 minute hike, uh, hour 45 hike back down to where the clearing was. And then it was about another half mile to the truck from there. Uh, it made that 90 minutes a little more like three hours. And uh, because we were, you know, just trekking through snow in the dark, climbing over trees for the whole thing, we ended up looking at, at our map where we were and where we needed to be. And 
we had found a random spot of service where uh, where we had called our wives, let them know, hey, we're coming off the mountain. Uh, it's taking a lot longer because we did this, so we'll let you know when we get back kind of a thing and just checking in. From that spot to where the clearing was, was I think just under 800 yards. So a little under a half a mile. Uh, that portion of it took us two hours to go 800 yards. And it was a miserable 800 yards. And it's funny, I look back on this now and it's hilarious. Uh, and we had, you know, we had some pretty funny conversations, some good conversations in the middle of that, things that were making us laugh just because it sucks so much. We we're trying to find something positive and be fun. Uh, but we were both super ticked at the same time that we had done that we had done this. And uh, we get back to the truck and we're both wrecked. Uh, we're sore, all like we're already feeling what's like ne- usually next day soreness the second we sit down in the pickup. So there was all this kind of like, what, what are we doing? Like, why did, how did this even happen? We're all ticked off. So we're driving back. And uh, so, you know, there's some lessons there about, you know, when it's dark, don't try and walk somewhere you've never been, uh, would be what I would say, uh, or somewhere you've never scouted, right? Uh, that would be the obvious one. But those kind of things like that memory is going to stick out more because of how much it sucked rather than, you know, it's the old, it's what Steven Rinella says all the time. Uh, you never remember the things that are always super fun that have like short, sprints of happiness like he he likens it to the roller coaster you know if it's like you're 10 years old and you went on this roller coaster one time and it was really fun like you might remember that but you don't look back on that as it being one of the times in your life that was you know one of your favorite moments of being super fun and all that kind of stuff but this type of moment where we're we're climbing over dead trees and we're both you know, cussing and swearing and and we're super ticked off, but we're laughing at the same time. And like that memory, looking back on it was way more fun than something like that. So those kind of things are funny for me uh, because, you know, it was, yes, a mistake that we learned from, but at the same time, it wasn't, it wasn't anything like, it wasn't life-threatening necessarily. It was just like, we made a dumb mistake and, and, we just went down a way we shouldn't have gone. And, but now we have a funny story and I got to tell on the podcast a few days later. So, so there you go. Um, that would be what I would say would be the answer. And then this, this last question is so big. It might actually require its own episode, which I think I'm going to do. So I'm going to save this one for its own episode, but I will tease it by saying what the question is. So the question is, is simply just, what are your thoughts on PEDs, supplements, energy mixes, etc.? Which, by the way, all different things there. So I'm going to dedicate an entire solo show to that question and, and we'll handle it there. So that being said, those are the three that I wanted to cover in this Ask Me Anything. We'll do these uh, Ask Me Anythings probably at least once a month. And uh, so I'll make sure I post in different places because I know some people don't see the Instagram one. Uh, when I post those, some people might not see it if I have, you know, if you guys are on the email list, I'll put in prompts for that. Uh, if you haven't signed up for the email list, go to nomad-strength.com. Uh, but that's going to be our ask me anything for this for this week. So short episode, had fun with these questions. I'm glad these ones were asked because they were they were good questions. So we'll do this again. Uh, and then I'll finish with please go rate review and subscribe to the show on any of the platforms that you listen to if you haven't done so yet. Uh, that really does help the show grow and 
that's all I've got for you today. Have a great weekend and I'll talk to you guys later. 